0: Good evening and welcome to the last episode of this year for Milkshake Monday, episode 125, Heart Preparations for the New Year. Now, if you're anything like what many of us were in 2019, getting ready to roll into 2020, we were thinking about what we were going to be doing the night before on midnight and for your transition into 2020, and we had all these preparations and expectations for 2020. Some of us get a calendar and we start marking major birthdays and anniversaries and special things that we wanna do in celebration of this or that. In our case, William and I were preparing to host a fellowship with some of our pastors and wives, friends from all around the South, and we knew that we were planning as a family to have a three-day family reunion, and we were having meetings, and it was all kinds of things that we were thinking about. Faith going back to Bridgewater for sophomore year, Albany starting George uh, Washington. So it was just things that you think you have plans for. The church was scheduling the church calendar and we had all of these plans for what we thought would happen in 2020. Well, all of that got flipped on its head. It was a surprise to all of us, but it wasn't a surprise to God. But in the case, you think about the early parts of the year, we were all shocked when Kobe Bryant and his family and the people on that helicopter crashed into a mountain. That took our breath away and we were all in a global grief session. And things just started happening, but then the pandemic happened. And for the first part, it was kind of a slow roll. Some closures here, some more closures. And then a full lockdown and we weren't able to go and minister one with the other in person and where we had taken advantage of hugging and kissing and seeing one another that just abruptly ended and we found ourselves all in this virtual mode for months and months and now we're here at the end of the close of 2020 and we are seeing that people are forecasting the darkest is still yet to come so there's a lot going on but in the reality of how we prepare for a year. I think that even in the upcoming 2020, that the words of the scripture that says, if it's the Lord's will, we will see tomorrow. If it's the Lord's will, we will be at this program or we'll see each other. or We'll go to work or we'll, whatever will become for 2021, if the Lord wills that we see it. But for the next moments, of this time, I want to prepare us for some light things that we should understand when it comes to the heart preparations. And I'm going to tell you, it won't be quite 10, but it will almost be 10 things that I want you to kind of keep in mind to prepare your heart for if the Lord wills for you to see the new year of 2021. Now I'm going to take you to scripture, but before I take you to scripture, I want to kind of outline some of the things that kind of distract us, trip us up during any kind of year. And here's what's gonna happen. When you think of your upcoming year, all of us have expectations, all of us have desires. And even with what we hear in Ecclesiastes, that there's this time and a season for everything, uh, time to be born a time to die, in pandemic land, these things are really true and they're evident every day that we turn on a TV and we see this clock of people who have been infected or this clock and countdown of those who are being hospitalized or those who have died today. That, that makes a reality check. But for the regular stuff that happens within your life, whether it's in your home with your family members, at your job, in your neighborhood, I want us to keep in mind some preparations. And the first one's gonna be, there are lots of circumstances in your life, in my life, that we cannot control. As we prepare our hearts for the blessing of 2021, we have to recognize, just like they talk in the Alcoholic Anonymous, there's some things that we are not able to change. God can do everything. There's nothing that's impossible for God. But for us, there are circumstances and situations in our lives that through no fault of our own in some of these cases, we can't change them. God may change them if it is his will, but we get very caught off and our hearts distracted and despondent and sometimes even in despair when we start focusing on things that we can't change. Some of it's our past, some of it's current, present, but in reality, there are things that in your life you can't change. And in the story we're going to talk about today, there's a circumstance in this person's flesh that she has an infirmity that is bothering her to the point that she's in depression. So the first lesson is realize whatever little or big circumstances that are beyond your control to change, don't allow yourself to to get stuck in the mud, to be distracted, to be depressed, to be totally thrown off your game of life, focusing on the past or circumstances in your present that you cannot change. Put them on God's altar and let his will be done. That's the first thing. The second thing is how your heart and mind will handle your disappointments, your things that will cause you to be depressed, and cause you to feel like you're blue. You're not happy. You're not having the joy that God has given you. I want you to start preparing your heart to guard your heart. And how you do that will be you seeking your opportunity to talk more to God. You know, when you put your chin down, your head goes down, and that's how it is with depression. You keep looking down and down and down. And sometimes you just have to put your head up, get that chin and lift it up, and that's why I say look to the hills. Look up to the hills. Look at heaven to know that things in your circumstances that you can't control, God has all control. So be careful even as you prepare to venture in, if the Lord wills, 2021. Be careful of depression and bitterness of your spirit and all of those things that just make you totally in a funk. People are depressed, even Christians. But be careful and guard your heart with the word of God, with prayer, with seeking the counsel and the encouragement of fellow believers. I'm not being churchy. I'm just telling you some reality. So your circumstances, be understanding what you can and cannot control and what's in God's hand. Secondly, be careful and to guard your heart when it comes to depression and emotions and feelings that could make you downhearted. The third is in everyone's life. Most people's life. Maybe you're some special situation. There will be people who don't like you. There are people that don't mean you well. They're jealous. They just don't care for you. You're not their cup of tea. And no matter what you think, you don't want to be people pleasers. There are people that you may call adversarial or rivals or whatever. But here's the thing about that. Don't get caught up in how they feel about you. Understand that you have to feel way about you that God feels about you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. So if that person that doesn't really like you and you there, you have to understand that God loves you. And those people are going to have their feelings about you that may not be the best, but don't you get caught up in that. And don't get in the point of comparing yourself to the people who don't like you and let get caught up in their game where they're trying to bring you down. So be careful of that. You're going to have people who are against you, but that doesn't mean that you have to take your eye off of look into what God has for you and what his plans are for you. That's their baggage. Don't give people free rent in your head. Don't give them free rent in your head, worrying about what other people think. That's number three. Number four, There are people who love you. I mean, mom and dad, husband and wives, friends, uncles, all these people love you. They don't always understand what you're going through. You have to understand that God is the only one that knows everything about you. All those internal emotions and thoughts and aspirations and wishes and desires and what you want in your future, those dreams that he has put into your heart, God is the only one that knows you. But there are people who love you and they truly do mean you well. And as you're going through things or circumstances and situations in your life, and sometimes being down or depressed or in despair or just feeling in a funk, the people in your life may mean well, but they're not God. They won't understand everything. And sometimes they may do or say things that are not helpful. Don't get overwhelmed with how they are about you. Just remember that it's God who says he loves you and he came to die for you. So be recognizing things that even loved ones sometimes don't understand fully what you're going through, but God does. And as your heart starts to prepare for 2021, don't get so invested in other people, whether they love you or not, and how they're gonna make you feel Always trust your emotions and your full being to God because God knows you best. For number five, easy one. There are times in your life that you are going through something. Good things, mediocre things, sad things, expecting things, you're not sure. But you always have to get your focus on what is it that God wants for you. And the only way you'll know about that is to have a conversation with God, and that's praying. And I know, just like I've admitted to you all before, it is not easy to pray if you don't put God as your priority, if you don't take the time to say, It's important for me to talk to Him and to hear from Him. It's important for me to read His Word, to have instruction. Because as we go through this uncertain, unparalleled life that we're going through now in the pandemic and in the future, whatever's ahead, God knows it. We don't. And we have to realize that we have to stop and whatever is coming, our way, good, bad, or in the middle. We have to get some counsel with God all the time. And there are circumstances, even in what we're going to read about tonight, that you can go year after year doing the same thing, having the same circumstances, having the same issues, having the same struggles. And you got to come to yourself, come to your senses, stand up and say, I got to talk to God about this. I need to go to God and ask him, what should I do? Not take advice from the homie or the not or mama or daddy or husband or wife, I got to go to God. Your prayer life is the greatest preparation to prepare and protect and provide what your heart needs which is the wisdom of God, and going in prayer to God and listening to Him, listening to what His Word and His Spirit pours into your spirit will be the greatest preparation for what's next, what's around the corner that you don't even know about, and He'll let you understand it. The other thing, six, your tears. God gave us tear ducts for a reason. He he knows and expects that there are things that are gonna happen in our life that will cause us to cry. But when you cry, cry out to God. We've had a lifetime of crying to other people. Some of it didn't make a hill of beans, didn't matter because they didn't really care or they couldn't do anything to help you anyway. Cry out to God more in this upcoming year than you cry to your folks. The reason why we're sequestered sometimes is for us to understand that if there's nobody else in the house but you and your husband and a couple kids or whatever you got in there but the dog, you can always cry out to God. And in the story, you going to see a lot of crying, a lot of bitter tears, a lot of things that are going on in life, but you got to come to your senses and recognize the stand up and I need to cry out to God. Only God can make a change. If you see a theme here is that as you prepare to go into 2021, you need to be hand in glove in, in harmony with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is how you prepare because Lord willing, we may see 2021, all of it, some of it, or none of it, depending on what his will is, but we need to be in sync with him. And number seven, when you go to pray to God, don't be selfish. Always recognize that God's word is about Jesus Christ. Everything that he gives you for 2021, if you have the ability to see it, Those things that he gives you, whether it's your gifts and talents in your actual ministry or what you do or have in your household or in your neighborhood, in your job, wherever your circumstances are, they're not for you and you alone. They are for you to share for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God so more and more people will know and experience and have that salvation relationship with Jesus Christ. So everything you have is because God gave it to you. And you have to prepare your heart to understand that in everything in your life, you are to share and understand it's been given to you from God so that you can share to others for them to know God. So let's get into the story tonight. We're gonna be in 1 Samuel and we're gonna talk about Hannah. And there's a lot of things that I love about Hannah as, as it goes through those seven things that I was talking to you about, preparations for the heart for as we move into this 2021. And we're gonna understand in verse one, it says, now there was a certain man, of Ramaphane, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim. And his name was Elkanah, Elkanah the son of Jeroham, the son of Elohu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth and Ephrite. I'm sure you're lost, but get it, it's gonna be your husband. Husband's got two wives, one of them is Hannah. And we're going to talk about Hannah because as we go through these few scriptures, I want you to see how she is epitomizing what I just shared that we have to be cautious when we start to think about heart preparations for the new year. Verse two in 1 Samuel chapter one. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah and the name of the other was Pen- Penaniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. This is the circumstances that Hannah finds herself in. She's barren, no fault of her own. But this is a circumstance that she is beyond her control that she can change the fact that she is without the ability at this point in the story to have children. Here's verse three. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came from Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penaneah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. So that told you some time, because in order for him to have two wives, he's had wives that one of them, like he said, had kids daughters and sons. So that's years that she's been having it. So this situation of Hannah being barren and having a lack of her body producing an offspring for her husband has been quite a while. So this is hurting her. Verse five says, but Hannah, he would give a double portion for he loved Hannah. Although the Lord had closed her womb. It explains it wasn't Hannah's doing, the Lord closed her womb. But look at this double portion. There's two wives, and one wife is being treated with favoritism. And so that wife that's not being treated with all that love and special attention, she's pissed at Hannah. So Hannah's got a rival, like I told you about that. There's some people in your lives that don't like you. They don't like you because you have that husband. They don't like you because you got that house. They don't like you because you have children. They don't like you because of the circumstances they see you in, that they think they deserve it. But here, the husband is giving Hannah, without children, a double portion versus this wife that has all these kids for her. So in verse six, it says, and her rival, it calls out the circumstance, and her rival also provoked. That means she picked at her. She was pissed off at the circumstances and she wanted to get back at Hannah. Hannah. For whatever reasons, they were rivals. Instead of just being two wives of the same man, which that ain't something we do now, but instead of being the two wives of the same man, this woman wanted to get at Hannah. She wanted to pick at her. And there's some people in your life that want to pick at you. They want to find that spot that really will make you uncomfortable, will make you dissatisfied, will make you upset, will make you get off your game. And here it was that Hannah had that situation. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable. Do you see what the scripture is saying? There are people in your life that all they want to do is make you miserable. Satan will use them to get you distracted, to get you from your focus of looking up to the hills which come with your help, will get you distracted from going to do the ministry to uplift Jesus Christ, to get you to the place where you're just so upset. Your emotions are so off kilter. But that was the purpose, and Christ was sharing it in the scriptures to make her miserable, verse 6 says, because the Lord had closed her womb. That's the second time you see in the scriptures that the Lord closed her womb. Wasn't her circumstance that she did something, that she could undo something, because it was the Lord. And there are things in our life that we pray to God for, That, but the thing of it is, we want to tell God the what, the when, and the where of our desires of our heart. And it's the Lord who is the one that will say if that will be something in his will to allow us to have, to allow us to have the fulfillment of that desire of our heart and the what, when and where. But a lot of times we want what we want what we want, but God said, no, I love you too much. I'm not giving you that now or I'm not giving you that ever because that's not in my will. And that's not what's best for the life and the purpose and the plan I have for you. But in this case, twice it says that the Lord closed her womb. She doesn't know it's just for a time, but for now she's in depression because she's having a heart situation where she's looking at the now and what's going on year after year. And she's not able to bear children and her whole focus is off. Not thinking about the husband she has. Not thinking about worship. She's only thinking about that thing she doesn't have. The thing she can't do. And she feels inadequate. And here she's got this rival picking at her. Verse 7 says, So it was year by year. This is over and over again. Some of y'all... Distracted, And it ain't the first year you've been distracted. You've been distracted for two years, three years, five years, a decade. Because all the things that you can't do, all the things of your past, you can't let it go. And God is saying, look to the hills. Look at me. Don't look at what you can't do and what you don't have. Look at what you do have, which is the Lord. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she, being that revival, provoked her. She's supposed to go up to worship God. And the thing that she wants to do is provoke her rival, Hannah, because her husband loves her and giving her double portion. And she's just not happy with that. She wants to make Hannah miserable. Therefore, this is what Hannah does. When I talk about them tears, some of, some of us in depression, despair, or disappointment because people are being mean to us. People are acting ugly to us and we just can't take it. This is what Hamna finds, finds herself. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. The, wo- the woman is in depression. You don't want to go into 2021 if the Lord allows you to go in depression for all that us, somebody else is doing to you or all that you don't have. And it's so easy right now because we have people in lines because they don't have food. They don't have the job. They're looking at the eviction. The children are sick. The people are all pressing on you. The circumstances are pressing on you. And you want to be depressed and not eat and despair. And your head is going hanging low and you don't know how you're going to make it. And you just can't see it out. And you're just thinking, what can I do? And then Satan's going to say, why don't you just give on up on this thing? Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just let it go? You don't need to live like this. That's the devil. That's the greatest enemy. That's the rival who wants to make you miserable and cause you to say, I give up and quit. That's not what God wants for you. That's not the purpose. This is an opportunity for you to go and to stand up and to go talk to God. It says here in verse 8, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, this is where I told you that there are people who love you in your life who don't really understand all that you're going through, but God does. And they may do and say stuff that really misses the point and doesn't make you feel better, but their place is not to make you feel better. Their place is to pray for you, to love you, to encourage you. But it's ultimately God who gives you the peace. It's God who gives you the joy. It's God who gives you his grace, gives you his mercy. Don't look for it in other people, even if it's the people that you love, like your husband, your wife, your kids, your mama, your daddy. They all love you, but sometimes their encouragement won't be enough. You got to go to God. He's got to bring you to the place that you understand it's all going to be all right. Verse 8 says, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Sister's in depression. He's asking why. You go to somebody depressed asking them why. Sometimes they don't know why. They just know they're not feeling right. They're feeling down. They're feeling overwhelmed. They just know that it's not feeling right. He says, Why do you weep? He's, he's thinking in the natural. I'm giving you double portion, are not enough? And he's gonna say these things because he doesn't know any better. Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Why, why, why? In counseling, that's the one thing we were told. Don't say a lot of whys. Don't ask a lot of whys. Let people talk. Be there to be a listening ear. Be there to encourage, to pull out what they want to say at the time. But don't do a lot of why, why, why. They don't know why sometimes. Your heart can be heavy. And as you go into 2021, you have to prepare your heart to go to God in prayer for him to give you some understanding. So her husband's trying to get her to give some dissertation of why all that's feeling bad about. He says to her, am I not better to you than 10 sons? He knows why. He knows that it's because she's not giving him the children that she wants to give him. What she wants to contribute to the family unit, she's physically in her body. Not at this point able to do it. And she feels inadequate as a wife, as a woman. She's not feeling whole. She's not feeling like she is acceptable. But she doesn't understand it's God that makes you whole. Not having children, not having husband or spouse. Verse 9 says, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now, Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord. That's the key. When you go through something, as we all are going through something day to day, we have to stand up. We have to make a change, and you can't just do the same old, same old. You have to make a decision. I need to go to the Lord. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure this out. I can't change these circumstances, but I need to go talk to God. I need to listen to God. I need to be embraced by the Holy Spirit. I need to be encouraged by the Spirit of God. I need to be given some wisdom for how to do, how to act, how to respond, how to protect and guard my heart. And she had the presence of mind to say, even in the bitterness of soul, depression. She prayed to the Lord. And wept in anguish, she used the tears to go to the source who could help her, and she just cried out to the Lord and prayed. I'm not saying that you're going to have instant, miraculous changes because you go to the Lord one time in prayer, but she knew, give it over to God, give that burden, give in that pain, give in that feeling inadequate, give in all of those emotions and feelings over to the source who knows all about you, who took the time to fashion each and every one of us to have the very components that's in all of us. And at this point in time, it is the Lord who's closed that womb that she's so in anguish with. So she knows she can't do nothing about this circumstance. She can't do anything about this situation. It's beyond her to change the circumstances of womb and to saying womb be open. But she can cry to the Lord. Verse 11, then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will. Do y'all get that? You have to understand that there are things that are in God's will for your life. And there are things that are not in God's will for your life. It may not be what you want, but it's the best of what he knows He wants for your purpose and the what, when, and where of all that's going to unfold to who he wants you to become in this natural plane. Because he's thinking eternal. He's thinking the divine plan of who you are, who he's fashioned you to be. So she has the presence of knowledge that we have to have as we prepare for 2021. We have to ask the God of the universe, the God of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, if it be your will, Lord. She says here, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, her barrenness, the depression that's following that barrenness, and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. She's asking for something, That right now her physical body has been unable to produce because she's barren. Because it said twice, the Lord has closed her womb. But she's asking of God and saying, if it's your will. And crying to understand like so many things. Even this year I realized I had to ask God, if it be your will that my husband lives. I had to be ready to understand that God could say, that's not my purpose for him or you. But she was ready to say to God, if it be your will, remember me. And it says, and give your maidservant. He's giving. It's in his hand to give. And she's asking if it's in your will. Indeed, give me, your maidservant, a male child. But this is where the giving We get a lot of stuff. Many of us have houses and cars and money and children and grandchildren. All this stuff God has given us as the gifts of of what has come out of his hand, his provision. But she made a vow. Some of us make vows and we just forget about them. But she made a vow. And she says, basically, she says, then I will give him. She asked for this child. But now she's talking about If this answer prayer, she's going to turn around and she says, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. Sometimes we say, God, give me a job. God, help me be able to stay in this house. God, help me be able to have my car run. God, help me to have my children be right. God, help me to have this, have this, have this, have this. But we never look to the story to say, are we sharing these very things back to the Father for the upbuilding of his kingdom for the sharing of what we have been given to give to others for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God for Christ to be glorified or is it all about us having having it and keeping it and hoarding it and wanting more after he's given us one car we want two cars after you give us one house we need two houses after you give us five pairs of shoes you want ten pair of shoes after you're giving you this you want that he giving you children. Children don't have to have nothing to do with God because they're your children. They're my kids. They're my grandkids. They're gifts from the Lord. And as she says, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And as it happened, here's another thing. Just like people in your life that love you may not understand, there are ministers in the, in the ministry of God, of Jesus Christ that sometimes may get it wrong. We, we all have fallen short of the glory of God, to include bishops and pastors and ministers. Nobody's perfect but Jesus Christ. So there are times that people in the ministry may get it wrong when it comes to what they may say out of their mouth and what they may do. That still doesn't give any of us an excuse to not look to the hills did not read the Word, did not worship, did not hear the voice of God, did not have repentance, and did not have uh, opportunities to go out and share the gospel. But in this case, verse 12 says, And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. He didn't understand all that was going on. He was seeing things in the natural. But there were supernatural conversations going on that when you talk to God, you don't always have to have your eyes closed. You don't have to have words come in your mouth. God of of our, our Savior and Lord hears when the music's playing, when the TV's on. He hears our prayers. He knows our thoughts afar off. He knows who we are. He knows the very core of who we are because he fashioned and made them. Go look at Psalms 139. Verse 13. Now Hannah spoke to her, spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought, he thought she was drunk. Got it wrong. She wasn't drunk. She's pouring out her heart to God in anguish, asking, hoping, giving a vow to God, weeping bitterly unto God. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Missed that. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. That's what her past condition had been. But she's going to the Father and talking to the Lord so that condition can change, asking God to make a change, to make a change for her. So she won't be a woman that identifies only as, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. She can have a woman that has hope. A lot of people listening may be hopeless, but until you go and go before God, and go before the Father and pour out your heart and ask him to, to forgive you of your sins and repent and ask him to heal you and forgive you and to comfort you and to be with you and to be having his Christ, having the Father's Christ be coming to your heart and the Holy Spirit dwell within you, you would be sorrowful. But she says, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. That's what we need to do in preparation for the new year. We have to pour out our soul before the Lord and get some things off of us and onto the altar of God. God knows them. He's waiting for you to share them with him. Pour it out. So he can pour in his spirit. He can pour it in his word. He can pour in his peace. That's how we guard our heart. We have to let the Lord do the pouring in. Not having the intoxicating drink and all this stuff that gets us drunk and, and try to forget what's going on, but have the Lord pour his spirit in us. Pour things that'll help us have a better relationship and a stronger faith and an understanding that God is with us. So she says in verse 16, Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I've spoken unto now to God. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you've asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate. She's got hope. She went away and she's got some some joy. She's going to eat. She ate and her face was no longer sad. There's been a change in her heart because she's taken that heart and she's poured it out to God. And God has poured it back. His love, his joy, his peace, his hope. Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house. At Ramah and Ilkhanah and knew Hannah's wife, which means they had sex. And the Lord remembered her. Do you remember what she said up there? She said, please remember me. Don't forget me. And he remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel. Because I've asked for him from the Lord. Now, I don't know what 2020 will have in store for any of us. Don't know. You don't know, I don't know, but the Lord knows. But we as people who say that we love the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to spend time asking God to give us his wisdom to walk today. And we have to speak the word of God to one another whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, to your neighbor, to through the glass with the mask, whatever the case may be that God's Holy Spirit allows us. But we have to do with an urgency because none of us know what day or an hour that God will return or what day or hour that we may go from this place here to the next place of eternity. But we have to be ready and willing to be before the Lord and say, Lord, let your will be done. And if it be your will, all of us or some of us or none of us will possibly see 2021. And Lord willing, if it's the Lord's will, that I will see you again on a Monday in 2021 for the new year. I love you and I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for the ability to share the word with you. God bless you and continue to be in the Lord's harvest doing the work. God bless you.